What's up, everybody? This is Logan Hughes, and I want to welcome you to another episode of the Get a Job podcast. My guest today is someone special, someone that I've known for some time now and been lucky enough to collaborate on several projects together. His name is Ed Goyette. Ed is a entrepreneur and author. He's a TEDx speaker, and he's very passionate about helping young people create extraordinary lives through the power of asking and action mindset, which we both cover pretty extensively in this episode. His newer company, Major Choice, inspires students to dive deep to determine the career and educational path that best aligns with who they are. I say this over and over and over again to Ed. I wish they had this in high school when I was there. Uh, It just helps to be able to get a a better understanding of what you're passionate about and it kind of takes the guesswork out of what do I do next. So Ed's uh, contribution in social and life skills education has earned him the designation of Global Presence Ambassador by the Global Presidents Organization. This organization is dedicated to advocacy for a more dynamic process for life skills education around the globe. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with the one and only Ed Goyette. You, you are now listening to the Get a Get a Get a Job Podcast. Your host, Logan Hughes. This is the very first podcast of the Get a Job podcast, and I'm here with my friend of mine, Ed Goyette. He's, you know, uh, been someone that's been pretty special in my journey of entrepreneurship, and he's taught me so much. And you know, have, we've had the privilege of working together on on several projects here. So, Ed Goyette, thank you for joining me here on this first podcast, my man. How you doing? It's an honor, my friend, to be the first guest. Yeah, <laughs> well, we'll see what happens here. You know, just trying to, uh, you know, p- provide some value here. So, uh, we we just had a, a quick conversation, just a little bit about what this could possibly be like. This this conversation in, in terms and um, knowing a little bit about the past of the coffee shop and and everything. I, I would like to start at the beginning, right? Of yeah. <laughs> the 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 nine to five if you had anything and what really made you jump from that position to uh owning your own business and then obviously everything that you're you're in now so if we can start from the beginning i would i would love to hear that myself sure. the beginning is a little bit before that nine to five so the beginning okay. actually is started my first company in college uh, i got a phone call from my cousin one night and he was like hey there's a kid here uh up at Keene state and he's crushing it washing houses with a pressure washer he's making like 500 bucks a weekend we should do that so long story short got into the pressure cleaning business and the way that my brain works is i go from zero to a million right so i'm like what's the best thing this could be Mm. and that's a that's a very important question i've always asked myself what's the best this could be we went from a tiny little one truck operation to doing commercial buildings to do stuff for cities and towns and universities uh, that company <clears throat> around the early nineties, uh, went away, uh, in a dramatic fashion. Uh, we mm. had a big explosion kind of destroyed the whole thing. And I found myself in need of employment <clears throat> and money. 
So I took a job at a company called Spinnaker Software, which was a huge education software company. They, um, they had me doing PR, uh, Marcom stuff, loved that job. It was a real dynamic environment, um, clicked a lot of boxes for me, mm. to be honest. Um, but the, the nine to five life just was not working for me. Mm. You know? So I found myself um, doing things way outside of the box where they wanted me to be inside of a box. And very quickly, uh, within a year or so, I realized that just wasn't for me. So I started planning my next bet, my next venture, which turned out to be a coffee house called Beantown Coffee House, opened mm-hmm. up down in Cambridge, uh, Mass, down in One Kendall Square. And uh, that was 1993. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, again, what's the best this could be? Right. So I asked myself that question and then I took, took action against that and I really concentrated on systems and, you know, I was looking at other more established places. I said, I don't want to be their vibe. I don't want to be their corporate, but I love their systems. Mm. Right. So created my own systems and through that and through that attention to detail, like extreme attention to detail, um, I was able to get that running to a point where I wasn't like, like you've said, like not working in your business, but working on your business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we grew that, I grew that to four stores, uh, at one point, <clears throat> um, ended up selling three Wow! and I have one five miles from here right now in, uh, in Hampstead that's been here since, uh, 2006. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's the, the Beantown story. So what I've, what I've able to, been able to do is kind of make my own business my nine to five, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. All right. So I have an established thing. It's controllable. I can, I, I, it's, well, it's predictable as a food service operation could be. Right. Um, but then like you and I were able to do stuff together because I allowed myself that freedom to step out of my own box mm-hmm. and pursue other passions. Yeah. So no. that's, that's yeah. been a through line in my career. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And the processes component of this, and I didn't realize this, you know, talking with you in the past, but uh, we run every business out there really needs to have a process in place, right? Processes mm-hmm. just in general uh, of, of how the business functions and every obviously business is, is different in that capacity. Is there anything uniquely that you did on that? Because obviously there's been models of the, the whole coffee business before, but you mentioned something that you kind of wanted to change that up. Is there sort of a... Yeah, so there was... There, there's a couple of different ways that I approach it, and, and it's it's funny. So now we have the whole um, concept of servant leadership, right? So mm-hmm. I always call it inverted pyramid business ownership, right? Where yeah. you take you take a pyramid, you put it this way: I'm the least important person in the company, mm-hmm. so I'm down yes. the bottom. Because where's the money coming from? Money is coming from the top of the pyramid, hitting that big that big part. Versus mm-hmm. all my employees, they're the most important people. Sure. And then as you go down the pyramid, <clears throat> you've got your your management structure. You've got the pressure increases, but the importance goes down. Correct. Because we're we're less connected to the people who are actually, you know, giving us the money. And I always find it interesting that, you know, as the as the person quote unquote on top of the pyramid, oops, on top of the pyramid, you know, the big visionary, and you can see everywhere, and and all that. Well, it's really your customers who can see everywhere. Mm-hmm. They have no pressure on them to go anywhere else for any reason. So that's why we do that, that inverted pyramid. 
But the thing that we did a little bit differently is <clears throat> if you look at it from, if you look at it physically, that pyramid's going to fall over, right? Mm -hmm. Unlike one mm -hmm. dude on the bottom just trying to hold this thing all up. And that's where structure and culture comes in. Mm -hmm. So we're building supports of structure and culture up into that pyramid on the sides. So now you have a square and that's solid and that never goes away. Oh, so that. just interestingly enough, a perfect example of that, our Hampstead store, we opened in late 2006. And what we did differently was I, I said, okay, we want to be the community place. We want to really engage with our community. Well, how do you do that? What we did was we took our whole marketing budget, which was $10,000, and we donated it to every community service organization around. Now, not only was that the right thing to do, in my estimation, but it was the smart thing to do. Because when we did, I was, I, by reaching out to those people, I enabled myself and for them to sit on our dirt, in a, in a thing in our dirt floor, right. tell them what the vision was, and then give them a check to help people. Yeah. And so now my first customers are coming in going, congratulating us and like really wanting to be there versus like, eh, it's pretty good. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't have that judgmental piece, yeah. right? That act alone years later would get us nominated and win um, Best Copy in House in America for Community Service on the Steve Harvey Show. If you want to see my 17 seconds of fame, Google. <laughs> Check that out, out YouTube. <laughs> yeah. You just know that Steve Harvey picks out all the clothes. <laughs> Every person on there is hilarious, that, that whole process. Um, but not only did it do that, but it, it had us survive, you know, 2008. Mm. Uh, when everything fell apart, we were a year and a half old. Mm -hmm in the middle of the woods on the wrong side of the street in Hampstead, New Hampshire. Yeah. Right. So every downturn, every market that we have built real trust with our customers and we've inspired them to look at us and say, Hey, we want to be supporting these guys because they're here for the right reason. And you mm -hmm. can do that with any business. For sure. And that, uh, that is uh, very valuable. You know, we, I, I hear from plenty of business uh, nowadays with the recession looming, you know, mm -hmm. uh, just a lot of uncertainty. How can small businesses sort of utilize um, a marketing budget if they even have to cut it down, right? So like, what are ways that they can um, continue to market their business with the sort of I don't know, pending doom or whatever. Like we don't know what's happening. There's no uncertainty. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what I've been at telling them to do is focus on community projects, get out there in the community more and, and bridge that. And the business is an absolute testament of, of that whole ideology. Right. And even yeah. uh, it, the, the branding message uh, on uh, hanging up on your wall uh, that people, when we walk in, they can, they can see exactly what you stand for. I, I think that's like, that's important. It says Beantown yeah. exists to be an example of what the world should be on its very best day. Yeah, and that's, nice. that is a summation of our core values. That's, mm -hmm. we put a lot of work and thought into that, but we are putting ourselves out there every single time. And when you walk in, you see that. And thank you for mentioning that, by the way. Mm. Um, it's always stood out to me because you're, that's the only business I've seen have that on the wall. And as a, you know, graphic designer, someone who's really yeah. uh, put an emphasis on, on branding, right? That message is extremely important what is it that you stand for and mm -hmm. that, again that just it always stood out for me that you guys have and, that yeah and, and that's that's interesting too because when you think about it right you could do that with any business you <laughs> you have invoices you have letterhead so that's the other thing too is like get granular okay yeah. so you, we're not talking customers we're talking people mm -hmm. 
And that's that's the thing I think gets lost. I mean, you and I have talked mm. about this, right? Yeah. Like that's the thing that gets lost is like people go, "I'm going to do marketing and and I and I need to get customers." No, you need to you need to tell people why you exist, right? And you need to inspire them and give them a reason to say, "Wow, I really want to I really want to spend my money there, and I really want not even spend money. I want to be associated with that." Yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. It's just. It's a very core concept of just overall marketing is, is branding mm-hmm. the messaging component, right? That's really what it comes down to. So yeah. you, you've been able to do, and again, we, we've had some talks about Euros for the Asking, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. being somewhat collaborative in that aspect, but you have some pretty cool stories about the importance of asking, right? For mm-hmm. uh, just not even just opportunities in general, but just, just coming at it from, uh, I guess, in my, from my perspective, more of a, like a positive energy, right? Like oh, you're, 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 you're there to ask and you're, and you're willing to put in the work and, and, and grow and learn more. So I don't know, maybe we can transition into that because I know you have some really good stories and, and some ideas fundamentally around just yours for the asking. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll boil it all down to, to one, to not one story, but one concept. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you're out there right now and you're, and you're saying, well, you know, why would somebody respond to me? Like how, what what's you know, I want to ask something of you, you see somebody come on your radar that you're like, wow, that person could really help me. But you know, they're a giant in my industry or maybe they're not a giant, but they're just a really accomplished person. Right. Flip it around and go, okay. If somebody sent you an email and just said, Hey, I really dig what you do. You've inspired me to do, you know, my own gig. And could I just ask you for a piece of advice? Mm. What would you do? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's like one yeah, of the biggest compliments you can pay anybody because mm-hmm. we're, we're all looking for, for acceptance and we're all looking to, to know that what we do is valued and, and appreciated. And all of a sudden, like, that's the best email you get all week mm-hmm. that you inspired somebody and it's awesome. And if you, it's easy for me to say, right? And you might be sitting there going, yeah, well, whatever, sure. Like nobody's, why would I try that? Right. I can tell you for decades, I have been finding people who I could, who I feel could, could help me out in a way. And I've either been sending them letters overnight FedEx or I've been sending them cold emails that are heartfelt, vulnerable, and just authentic. And I'm not going to say success rate because that sounds like I'm doing it from like a marketing standpoint. Right. These are times when I've hit rock bottom, honestly. Some of these things I've been just like, I, you know, Beantown's been at a, po- a point. We had a store that didn't do so well. We were losing $10,000 a month. Wow. I don't have $10,000 a month. I don't even to this day, I don't know where that money was coming from, but um, in that moment, I I found somebody that could offer some perspective. I found their email address and I sent them a 781 word cold email. Wow! And that's that's a, that's like a 10 minute speech, right? Right. <laughs> and a day later, they said, "Let's chat," mm. and that was life changing. Yeah, things turned around right then. Um, I've done things with my daughter. If you want to look at my, I have a TEDx with my whole journey with my daughter. She, uh, her and I did a, did a project, uh, called here's for the asking where when she found people that inspired her, we would write them letters, ask to meet them. 
and multitudes of opportunity came out of that. It's like the best thing I ever did. Best thing I ever did. So, um, yeah, there's, I, I could, we could fill up three podcasts with the, with the amount of times. And if you get nothing from this, nothing else from our, our conversation here, if you're out there, right? It, the one thing is, if you see an opportunity, if you see somebody that you think could move your needle even a little bit, just reach out and ask. Mm. Yeah, it's extremely powerful. And, you know, hearing all these these stories from you in the past, it's been something that I've always kind of kept in uh, in the toolbox. Uh, just, you know, you're ready to go. And, it, and coming at it, like you said, from just from all the right reasons, just, mm -hmm. you know, really being vulnerable and just really trying to, uh, you know, put yourself out there. But so what... What made you decide to to do that? I, I guess right. Did you just were were you just did you just send something out one time and you're like, wow, this this is kind of working? Or did you know, you... I've actually thought about this because looking back, I've I've been doing that my entire life, right? And I, I think it, it it really goes back to a story that you know my my dad was my little league coach, and he actually wrote a letter to Joe Torrey of the New York Mets asking <laughs> asking for their hats. <laughs> right like who does that in the 70s like it was like 70 79 yeah. right and joe tory sent us sent our team all of the all of their spring training hats oh that's amazing in the new york mets yeah like, i have tom wow. Seaver's spring training hat from 1979 <laughs> somewhere around here that's amazing uh, is that cool yeah. right so not signed it's just like block letters so i right. can't throw, throw it on ebay if I want to. <laughs> um but i think that was really i think that was foundational Right? I think that was very foundational, showing me that if you do reach out, people will respond because we're all just people. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, when my daughter, when my daughter told me one night she wanted to be a cartoonist, I was like, hey, let's find a cartoonist to talk to. And mm -hmm. this woman responded to her letter and then we were off. Like we, over the next <clears throat> two years, um, we were just a machine of like anything that, and she was like seven, eight years old. So she was really inspired by a lot of things yeah and um we just had a great time with it and then professionally i just i have just continued to do it yeah you know, nonstop. yeah that's great i mean it's it's interesting when we take some time and and dive into our past and things that sort of come to fruition since these little things that happened you know it's i i've never fully for me I, i've never fully found my place within a job setting until I kind of landed in uh, in this entrepreneur role, which I never thought in my life I would ever be that way. But looking back, like, you know, I had a job here for a year, I had a job here for six months, and I was always kind of rumbling around, never really finding anything. Like, stuck. You're a natural entrepreneur. Like, you're great at it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's... I've always been impressed by you and how you go about your business. Oh, I appreciate that, man. Um, what you said about your daughter, I think, is a pretty good segue, I guess, into because this this whole podcast, I really want it to be geared, I guess, more sort towards um, you know the younger generation, budding entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. people who might have that that inclination to, to do something. Um, you know, there was a, a Facebook group that I was in, a, a couple kids from Mass shouted out on Facebook. You know, we're looking to just talk with someone. Mm -hmm. of the statue where we want to be right so that's it's that yours for the asking thing just asking sure. to be part yeah. so in, in terms of what is there any like advice that you could give i guess you, you know from 
the younger generation, right? So taking mm-hmm. your daughter as an example, and mm-hmm. she's she's finding something, and, and I guess more importantly is she has shown um, the want to almost be an entrepreneur, right? Do her own thing, mm-hmm. and using yeah. a lot of the creative mindset that she has, and and everything. Mm-hmm. So, is there any advice you could possibly give to some of the younger? kids who could be listening to this, if they have an idea or a passion where they should start or where they should go? And that's a big question. So many pieces of advice. So the biggest one is, you know, when when I was doing this, I didn't have the internet. I didn't have, you know, I couldn't find a thousand things in two seconds. You know, I didn't have chat GPT. I didn't like, (laughs) I had to grow, you you had to grind it out too. So we we ground that out. Right. Mm So I, I think the biggest piece of advice is, is get over your fear and just do it. Mm. Right. So, you know, there, there have been a lot of really great dreams that have died because fear killed it, you know, mm. fear killed them. And that is the biggest thing. So fear, self-worth, all those things, right? If you're sitting there and you're, and you're like, you know, really passionate about doing whatever it is, right? So you've had this thing in the back of your head, you're like, geez, I wish I could do this. And you're, and you're a someday guy, right? So you're like, oh, someday I'm going to, mm-hmm. no. Some days today, that's today, right? Or tomorrow, I'll give you, I'll give you the rest of the day, but it's tomorrow, right? Because someday it gets, keeps getting pushed out and pushed out and pushed out and you have to take action and just do it. You know, Nike was right. Just do it, you know? So, and I, and I think, I think what, what gets in the way, especially of young people is that is where you're waiting to get experience. You're waiting to learn more. You're waiting uh, and then you're like, oh, damn, a competitor popped up or, oh, damn, I went into that store and they're doing it better or that online thing is better. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's a big world. It's yeah. a big world. Right. So your passion, your passion and dedication and drive and honestly, your youth, if you're a young person, listen to this, your youth and energy and and lack of attachment and kids or, or whatever. Right. Is trumps experience every single day Mm. because if you're passionate about it right you're going to learn faster you have better access to the tools Mm -hmm. right you're nimble you're quick you've got energy and again you're you're operating from your heart Mm -hmm. so if you're operating from your heart and your soul and you're going up to against people who are entrenched who have been doing this for 15 years and it's their grind Mm -hmm. right or you have a new idea that you're like, geez, I need to bring this to, to fruition. Ask yourself, what's the best this can be? Who can help me? Mm. You're not alone. Who can help me? Right? And I don't care if it's the CEO of some company or I don't care if it's like a gazillionaire down. Who, whoever it is, find a creative way to work, to reach out to them. Present yourself well. Present yourself as sharp. And honestly, if you're a young person right now, the biggest thing that people like the older generation that everybody always says, right? Is, ah, the young generation. They, they don't <laughs> so think about this, right? You show up as a super smart, driven, motivated young person with a great idea who wants advice to somebody who's, who has that attitude. They're going to, they're going to notice mm-hmm. because you're fun. Mm-hmm. You're exciting. You're different. Yeah. So, you know, it's, there's a lot of reasons behind the just take action now, right? But it all comes down to get out of your own way and send an email, make a phone call. I don't care if you just do a Google search and set up a folder and, and, and start putting stuff aside. But 
don't let it just sit in that folder. And yeah, however, that's so true. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I've had, I have so many folders. I can't even. It's it's so funny you say that because the, those the, the three kids uh, from Master were were just you know hopping on a couple of phone calls yeah. and just kind of trying to you know talk through different things and and one of them wanted to start real estate and, and get into property management right oh. so I, I literally told them the same thing I was like go on Google and search for all the property management business in the area that you are willing to go to drive through uh, etc. Right, and he did that. He created a spreadsheet of all the uh, all the property, the the names of the businesses, emails, yeah. <laughs> the owner name, phone numbers, and I was like, "Now you have this. That's great. Time to start taking action. Now, how are you going to reach out to them? Right, so emails, letters, and so forth. So, great bridge into the action mindset, and I, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what that comes down to. Is basically, yeah. Now, I, I will say <laughs> yeah. that right. Best thing you can do: FedEx overnight letter. Mm. always gets open, goes right by the gatekeepers, yep. right? And it's 14 bucks. Right. You're doing worth 14 bucks. Right? <laughs> every, letter, every letter that we've ever sent between my daughter and like the ones that are really important, right? Mm -hmm. Because they are important, right? Mm -hmm. Your dream is important. Your business is important. And your communication with this person is vitally important. So you, you, you put it in a FedEx overnight letter, express, it's important. Here, you inspire me. That's important to me. Mm -hmm. That in and of itself right there and make it creative. So for a quick thing on my daughter, right? My daughter was actually worked at a Jenny Packham fashion show in New York. And Jenny Packham designs dresses for the royal family in England. So if you've ever wow. seen like... Hey, here's the baby, you know, this is born. They're all wearing Jenny Packham dresses. So she wow. goes to Buckingham Palace and designs dresses for the royal family. My daughter, 11 years old in Hampstead, New Hampshire, wanted to work at her, wanted to meet her to ask her some questions. So what did we do? We went to Michael's Crafts and we bought these boxes, you know, these little, it has an Empire State, oh no, the, the uh, Eiffel Tower on them, just a little <laughs> jewelry box, right? My daughter wrote her letter as a, on a scroll. So we rolled it up. She lined it with wow. silk, rolled the letter up, put a, put a silk bow around it, wrapped it all, tied another thing, and then we sent it to England. Cost like 50 bucks. Wow. Maybe 60. I don't know. It was like 50, 60 bucks. Yep. Right? So here's Jenny Packham. She's just sitting there doing her own thing. And all of a sudden, this box shows up from some girl in New Hampshire. She opens it up. Now she's undoing a scroll. created <laughs> Right. Within two days of her getting it, we get an invitation to Fashion Week. That is amazing. Went down. Not only did she interview her, she ended up taking pictures for their Instagram page. They put her to work. Wow. So she she worked a uh, one of the wedding shows down there. Mm. And you know, I got I got to experience like walking behind, you know, seeing the behind the scenes, which we did a lot of Fashion Week shows. I think through these letters. I've probably been to a hundred wow. fashion week shows down in New York. Um, and that's kind of where she's going. My daughter's like, she's in college now. She's doing sustainable fashion. She's doing great. Mm -hmm. um, but again, the whole thing might've cost me $75. Yeah. And yeah. she had 15, she had a 15 minute interview with her and she worked backstage at her show. Man, that is, I, that's, 
I don't know if I heard that part of this before. I, I know you in New York and a little bit about that, but I didn't realize that was uh, how she got into that place uh, in, in the first uh, first place. That's, I mean, that's, that's, that's one amazing. of them. She, she got into it because she wrote another a letter to another fashion designer. And I will tell you, that was a weird day. Like going into my first fa- backstage at a fashion week show with my <laughs> eight-year-old. I had no clue what I was doing. <laughs> I'm all dressed up in my suit, and then I realize that nobody there is wearing a suit. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I didn't understand this. Oh, that is. So, yeah, is... It, it all comes down. Not It's not only asking, but asking in the right way. Mm-hmm. All right? So don't, don't undervalue yourself mm-hmm. because we all do. You know, we all like, well, why would somebody – pay attention to me. Well, damn it. No, mm-hmm. like you are important in, in you're worthy of people's attention. If you're going to be in business for yourself, you damn well better be worthy of people's attention. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. have to get into that mindset of that. You have something to bring to the world that's important and you need to bring as many people around you to make sure this launches quickly. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's so, that's so very powerful. And just even from, you know, from the marketing side of this too, you know, we, we get told quite a, it seems, it, it's seeming like we're hearing this a lot more nowadays of how can marketers get in front of businesses, right? And really what's coming up more and more and more is to send letters, right? Personalized notes, right? And it's something that, it just seems extremely personable, personable in, in, a, in a society of sort of I, I wouldn't say fakeness, but it's just people just yeah. skirting the road, whatnot, like not doing anything really things for the ultimately for the right purpose. Right. Just trying to mm-hmm. trying to get it in here and there. So, yeah, no, it's a very interesting um, component. And the the um, the the compassion and putting value first, I, I think, is is there as well. Right. So. You know, what can you do to provide value to others if you're looking for a position or you're looking to get in touch with someone? You know, what it, what type of value can you provide uh, in that context? I always think uh, it's, Alex Hermosi speaks about that a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Big marketer, entrepreneur guy is just, you know, saying, you know, if you're if you're reaching out to someone um, that is where you want to be, what can you do now to provide them value? Right. So coming from that right. sort of value based mindset is ultimately pretty important. It's it's also empathy, right? Mm -hmm. So it's empathy based marketing because you have to put yourself in their position. So like with, with Beantown, right? So I kind of stepped back and said, what is, what does this area need? You know, do they need, do they need another coffee shop? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe (laughs) they have a thousand Dunkin' Donuts everywhere. You can get a cup of coffee anywhere. Mm -hmm. What do they need? Right. Mm -hmm. They need a place to come and they need a place where, goodness happens right you know where acceptance and love and all that stuff like creativity they they need that little hub and once i once i honed in on that i'm like okay well then it was obvious we start with we start with the you know community service organizations what do they need mm-hmm. you know it has nothing to do with me mm-hmm. at all yeah if, I, if i'm if i'm here for you then i better know what the hell you want right and not only want but need yeah. Right. So it, it, there's a lot of nuance to it, mm-hmm. um, but once it's really fascinating though. Once you get on this track, and you know, because you do this too, right? But mm-hmm. once you get into this mindset, you see the world completely different, differently. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like a need filler, and you're like, oh wow, look at that. That's interesting. Yeah. Because before it was like, how do I get through that to them? 
-hmm. Now it's like, how do I get behind them Mm. to inspire, move, motivate them? Because I saw them for who they are. I saw them for their struggle. And then I tried to fill it. Yeah, that's, yeah, man, that, that's, uh, that's amazing. M- empathy based marketing. Yeah. That's, that's really, yeah, that's, that's really, cool. really that's what the, and, it, and it's the, the funny thing is it's like, it's so simple, right? It's so simple. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just how you're supposed to be as a human being, right? Like yeah. we're supposed to help each other and, mm-hmm. and you know, just be cool to each other. Like that's yeah. really what it kind of comes down to. It's just like being extra cool to each other. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. It's super, it's, and again, I, I keep going back to the fact that, you know, it, it seems like everyone online and, uh, trying to, you know, put off an image like they're doing something else, you know, the cool cars and all mm-hmm. that good stuff, but you know, who you are as a person. And, and that's ultimately, I think, uh, a, a more something that you've done too, is, is just being a normal human being who cares mm-hmm. is like the ultimate marketing tactic, right? So even from the branding perspective of businesses and so forth, you know, just showing who you are as a human being mm-hmm. um, and putting that content out there is is going to not it's not going to you know drive tons of business overnight, but over the long term, people are going to start trusting you and, and building that that trust a, a lot more. And you know, they see that you care about them and so forth, and they're going to reciprocate that. So, yeah. yeah, there's the flip side of that though. That's 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 dangerous. Mm. All right. So there's the there's the hard line, very hard line to figure out. Okay, is because you, you know, we all have our our vulnerable moments. We all have crap that just happens, right? Mm. We all have things in our business that you're like, oh my god, I hope somebody sees this. Like, uh, right? <laughs> and then you go, when do I own this, and when do I keep it behind the curtain, right? Mm. When do I own my failures and say, like, hey guys, you know what? We tried really hard, and this just didn't work. You know, it was it was just something that didn't work well, or Hey guys, like I have actually put on a Facebook post, like, you know, we're all going through a hard time right now with this economy and we're all having, you know, we're, we're all, you know, bending our budgets and, and, and whatnot. Right. We, I've put those out. We're like, yeah, Beantown was struggling, mm-hmm. you know, you know, we're, we're, we're struggling hard. So it's like, you know, to be knowing when to be vulnerable and when to, uh, I got a dog running around here. so. <laughs> I have a dog with an enormous tail. <laughs> anywhere she goes, she ends up just banging into stuff. Like I, I feel bad for the girl. Uh, feel bad for me sometimes too because right? I have a little in the back of my back of my head. So, but no, it's it. It really is that. It really is that line to go. Like it's one thing to go. Like okay, I know what you want, and I know what to do, and and mm. like to support you and whatnot. Um, but it's another thing to be a real, like you just said, like be a real human being, right? right? And, and being a real human being shows where you're failing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And I, just a perfect little example of that is uh, the pandemic. Okay, so Beantown went from doing well, being profitable, and we lost about 80% of our business overnight. Mm-hmm. Right? So, um, you know, it's hard to keep a coffee house running when you lose 80% of your business overnight. I can't imagine. And what we ended up doing is what we always do is we went right back to giving, right? Mm-hmm. We went right back to how can yeah, we support yeah. the community. Yep. And we started delivering sandwiches to, um, to healthcare workers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Customers paid for them and we delivered them. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that point right there is, is just so important. And, and I, 
feel sometimes when, you know, say sales through the month or quarter is not going as plans and I'm sitting here like, okay, you know, getting into that sort of, you know, sales mentality of how am I going to, you know, drum up money soon for whatever reason, right? And reverting back to how can I just be of service to other, who can I help out right now that, mm -hmm. that needs it? And just that, that switch in the mindset just not only makes you uh, just feel, feel better, which, you know, mm -hmm. is more of a positive energy so forth. And you, you're putting that out there and hopefully the universe delivers on that. But yeah, that kind of flipped that switch from, you know, a, a need to that, that service-based mentality is, is super important. Um, thank you for sharing that that way. That's, I think it's ultimately important. But before we go, I did want to touch base on what you have going on because I, I think it's really, really exciting. And uh, speaking of, you know, having a podcast sort of geared towards, I guess, the younger generation of, of entrepreneurs, right? Mm -hmm. You're doing something that's helping young people get f ultimately figuring out what they <laughs> sort of like want to do in life, right? Which yeah, you know, again, which I, I keep going back to, like, I wish they I had this in, in high school when I was there. It would been a lot easier. Everybody's, literally, I wish I had this when I was a kid. I hear that from every single person who, always, who, who has seen this, literally, not even not even yeah. a joke, right? So, so yeah, that, go ahead and talk about a little, little bit yeah, about this, because I think it's incredibly uh, important. The company's called Major Choice, and uh, we started, really interestingly, we started um, back in late 2020. And what, what we're out to do is to help students, uh, typically high school students, figure out what they want to do with their lives before they before they leave high school, right? Before they start making the, the big dollar decisions on college. Because people are going, you know, these kids are going into college just on a guess. They're like, mm -hmm. I don't know, like my aunt was a nurse, so like, she's going to be cool and I like it. I, I swear to God, like it's, it's like, yep. the, you know, the, the stories that we get in, the, in how kids chose their majors is just like insane. And then, I like to draw. Hey, yeah, I, I I like to draw in the past. I was creative, so I was like graphic design. I guess. Yeah, Let's do it. Sure. <laughs> right? But in it, it it blew my mind. The more we looked into, thirty percent of kids drop out of of uh, college in year one. Wow. Sixty percent of kids are changing their majors, and then they end up with that fifth year that cost them about ninety grand and lost wages and sure. and extra tuition, and they call them super seniors. Yeah, super seniors. <laughs> so what we did. Um, what we did was we took a look at it, how these decisions are being made. And literally it's just throwing ideas against the world, throwing darts at this point. Right. And we came up with um, a course. It's really the only structured way to get from, I'm completely confused to, I know what I want to do in about eight weeks. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we do deep self exploration it's an online, it's a blended online and mentorship course. So the course exists online. Um, they go through our software and then, um, there's a mentor that will meet with them at certain points throughout the process. Right. Mm -hmm. So they do deep self exploration. They take that. And what we do is they, based off their answers, we create what's called their career DNA, which is a 25 point career, uh, blueprint so to speak, of everything that you identified about yourself that you want in a career, mm. right? We take that, we have them do really deep career exploration, probably more uh, exploration than most job seekers do. They go through 20 jobs, they bust it down to three, and then they bring out that DNA and kind of batch it up. 
And then here's the most important part. Here's where yours for the asking comes in. Once they have that job or two that they're like, I really dig this, we have them do what we did and ask people to talk, you know, ask to talk to people in the industry. So we have them interview three people um, wow. in industry to say like, hey, what's, you know, what's this really like? Mm-hmm. Now, what we're not going to do, and we said this right from the beginning, and that's like kind of where our competitors kind of lie, right? Is they're like, okay, well, answer these questions. And, you know, you answer these 52 questions and you should be a marketing director. Good luck, kid. Like, no. Yeah, see you later. You're 18 years old. You don't know if you want to be a marketing director. Right. I, I can tell you that you're on like the, the marketing and advertising path. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're on that service path. You know, accounting. No, I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to tell an 18 year old kid they're going to be an accountant. <laughs> Let's say you're on a finance path. Right. Well, it really works like a like a like an hourglass, right? So we start up here. You're all confused. We bring you down to the middle here, where where you define what you want to be, you know, and then we wind it back out and we take the pressure off you to say like, all right. So if you if you go to college and you and you go for finance, right? And let's say you go for mark for accounting, and you're like, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Well, I would rather have you switch lanes than highways. Mm. So maybe it's not accounting, maybe it's investing, maybe it's, but you do have a proclivity for numbers. Mm. Okay. So yeah, you can switch from one lane to the next, but you're not like, give me the exit. I'm going to go over and be a psychologist. Right. Right. Because we've already vetted that out of you. Now, the interesting thing um, coming out of that, where we were pivoting in business, uh, we were actually sent a student who had autism and we had great success with this kid. Wow. Um, to the point where we've started developing um, for people with autism and disabilities. And we're launching wide in New Hampshire through some government state agencies. Um, we have a pilot going on out in California right now, which came from a cold email that I sent. <laughs> I sent I sent a cold email to the, to the former director of the Department of Labor of California, who also wow. ran the who also ran their entire public transit system. <laughs> and I just sent the guy an email and said, Hey, this is what we're doing. You seem to be really into like this, this space. And next thing you know, we're doing a pilot program out in California. Just get back actually. That's so um, we've got, you know, we got both sides going. We have the neurotypical side for the, for the high school kids. And then we have like the, the um, neurodivergent side and we've put a couple hundred kids through it and we're close to a hundred percent success rate. 100 percent no no joke like it's i step i step back every day and see what's happening with these kids when they go through our program and there's a there's a really good reason for it so think about it from the minute you get into kindergarten right to the time you get into junior in high school you are given structure right so it's like hey you're in second grade add up these three numbers and call it this in and you're in third grade Mm -hmm. right? Do the work, take a test, move on. Do the work, take a test, move on. Then you get into high school, you get your junior in high school and they go, so what do you want to be when you, what are you going to do kid? (laughs) And you're like, well, where's, where's Oh, that's so true. What? Oh, no, 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 no. There's no structure. There's no test. There's there's no, there's no instruction. You know, you know, your aunt was a nurse, right? So you probably want to do that. Wow. And then you have all these kids going out. We have a huge debt crisis Mm -hmm. because we, as a society, we have not given these kids the structure 
the accountability and instruction they need to make life-changing decisions, not only just path-wise, but money-wise, and mm-hmm. the whole thing's a mess. So, you know, we ha- we've gotten a ton of uh, interest uh, from all kinds of players all over the country. And in a very short, I mean, we're, we're just a little over two years old. Mm-hmm. And the, the growth that we've seen just in the last six months is insane. Yeah. Um, where, you know, I, I was telling you, I was up till midnight last night, past three nights, I've been up till midnight <laughs> creating, um, creating stuff for the next version of the software. Mm-hmm. And that's part, I mean, you know, this as well as I do, that's part of the journey, right? It's like, yes. It's like, don't count your hours. <laughs> the worst thing is, hey, here's a takeaway for you. Yeah. The worst thing you can do as an entrepreneur is try to figure out how much you made per hour. Because <laughs> that's the easiest way not to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I don't want to do this. <laughs> You're like, I can work uh, at Wendy's. What the hell? <laughs> Oh, that's, that's great. Yeah. I mean, listen, you know, I, I've been following the major choice stuff and um, it's just, you know, having talks with yourself and, and your partner here and it's just an amazing thing. So, you know, hopefully whatever this can do to kind of uh, yeah. provide more, more value of just more people to kind to. Yeah. We're on the, uh, on the, the marketing side We're honestly, we're not doing a lot because mm-hmm. we just, is perfecting the process and perfecting everything about it before we go really wide. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that's, that's appreciated. Majorchoice.com. I'm sure it'll be in the notes. I, I was just going to say, yeah, so it'll definitely be the notes. Um, one quick thing before we, 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 uh, you know, done for the day and I, I do appreciate your time here, but if, if there is, you know, one thing, one piece of advice, I, I know we talked about many different scopes mm-hmm. of stuff here, but, Right now, at this point of time, at four twenty-three p.m. on Tuesday, yeah. if there's one piece of advice that you could give someone out there who's maybe starting in this journey, what would that be? I, I know we covered a bunch of things, so yeah, it, it really comes down to what we talked about. I think first or second is just take action. Mm-hmm. Trust in yourself and take action. Doesn't need to be perfect. It really doesn't, you know. Yeah. And if you have the idea. Do want promise yourself you're gonna do one thing today that's gonna move the needle, even if it's quarter of an inch. You've mm-hmm. done it, right? And you know, you you and I have talked about how the universe works, right? So it's like mm-hmm. you will find, and I promise you this. Like, come come send me an email, tell me I was terrible, pull a crap when I say <laughs> this. But once you start taking that, decide to take that action and take that action, it just starts to snowball from there. Mm-hmm. Happens every that's, time. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate your time, Ed. And where could so yeah, where can everyone find you on social media if they were to get in contact with you? There'll be the notes, uh, you know. In, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, honestly, I don't do a lot of social media. To be, to be honest, I, I have a Twitter that I kind of just cruise through. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Ed, you can pop me an email at editmajorchoice.com. That's the best way to that's the best way to find me. And um, yeah, I'd be happy to give people advice and and whatnot. Awesome. Well, Ed, I appreciate your time so much, my friends. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll be touching base right after this here. So again, appreciate your time, man. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Hey.